Beautiful song, beautiful words to say until you're going through it. If we could sing like that whenever we're going through trials, wouldn't it be awesome? We'd just stand up and just, just let her fly. Most of us sit around like this. Why me, Lord? Wowsy, wowsy, will. But God's merciful to us, isn't he? One who ought to be thanking him every day for all the good that he's done. Every day. We just kind of think, well, Lord, when are you going to do this? And when are you going to do that? And I've been waiting now for about 45 minutes. I mean, I prayed that prayer a while ago. How long does it take you? From the sound of us, it's going to take a lot longer. Let us take a trip today, what do you say? Let us walk into a room that is very, very hot. A room that is, the temperature will be so excruciating that it'll be hard for you to breathe. But what is going on in this room is going to be very essential and necessary for us to be what God wants us to be. We're going to be looking into a great cauldron or a vat, if you wish to call it that. The temperature must be at least 2,012 degrees for the process to begin. Y'all want to go or is this getting too hot for you? First Peter chapter 1, verse 6. Wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, may be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. And listen what a compliment that Peter pays to those of us who've never seen him. Whom having not seen, yet love. And whom though now you see him not, yet believing. You rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Praise God. I may like to be remembered today as we pray. Heavenly Father, as we have our heads bowed in your presence, Lord, thank you for the service thus far, the singing and the praise and the worship. Now we come to the breaking of the bread. Lord, we're praying that once again you would pass by this way and we would be able to see by the way the bread is broken that it was you who did it. You have a marvelous way of doing that, whether it's an African brother preaching or an Indian brother or whether it would be a brother from Europe, different parts of the world. But when the bread is broke, it always has this signature about it if it's broken by you. So we pray today that you'd take your word and break the bread of life to us, that we can be helped by our gathering today. Father, I'm holding these prayer calls in my hands, Lord, and you see the needs, dear God, desperate needs. We're asking you that you'd move for them, Father. 
Lord, I pray for Lance today. You see, dear God, in the home and the bed and can't hardly move because of his back. Been bothering him for several days. I pray in the name of Jesus that you'd move for him today. Father, I want to thank you for giving Erica a good day yesterday. She was able to get up and cook and clean some and do some things around the house. We're just so grateful, Lord God. I told her last night, this is only going to be one of many. We're believing, Lord God, that you're going to completely turn it around and restore her, Father. Speak to us today, Lord God, in the name of Jesus we ask. And the saints said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We certainly welcome each of you here today to the house of the Lord. And <clears throat> Let me call your attention back to verse 7. When Peter writes this and he says, that the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold. Now, Peter didn't say that actually your faith was more precious than gold. Read it there if you'd like. But he says, the trial of your faith. Isn't it amazing? Now, we know that faith, there's no question about it, but faith is more precious than gold. But this is not the emphasis that Peter is placing on in this verse. But he's making the comparison of faith and comparing it to gold. Well, how could that be? Well, it's not just that faith itself is compared to gold, but it's the transforming or the changing of the gold that Peter is comparing faith to. Read it again with me. That the trial of your faith, the trial of your faith, being much more precious than that of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, that it might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. So the testing of our faith is worth more than gold, but also worth more than the testing of gold. Now, we know that there's been many, many gold rushes down through time, and there's something about gold. Man absolutely loves it. No question about it. He loves it. And it has caused so many deaths and so much suffering and so many hardships. If you've ever really looked at uh, many of the gold rushes that have been down through time, and you realize it was very few that ever got rich well, who got rich in some cases more than anybody else was the guy who owned the general store because he jacked up everything that he had. And a lot of people went there and they thought they was going to get rich and they left worse off than they were before they ever went. And yet we know there's something about gold still to this day. A lot of our market is based upon the precious metals of the earth, gold, silver, brass, all kinds of things that are there. God put them there. He knew that man would use them, but he also knew that man would abuse them. So Peter is comparing, and he wants the saints then and us as well, to see that as, as worthy as gold was and during this time frame when Peter writes this, uh, gold was a great, great thing. And it's always been, we know, since man found it, even in the book of Genesis, before man ever start, started mining gold, the Bible mentions, and God had Moses to write it down when he talked about the four rivers that come out of the Garden of Eden. And he began to write of this one particular area, and he mentioned it by name, and he said, the gold is great there. 
So God, even himself, took note of this, of what gold would actually be. But when we're talking about spiritual gold, of course, it's a different thing. It's not something you can go to a jewelry store and buy. It's not something that you and I can mine. It's not something that we can make. But it's something that God starts molding in us. And of course, before it can be refined, you first have to have something to begin with. So when people find the ore, and I've seen a little bit of it, and and see little specks and little small pieces, you know, where they get it, but yet it's not in its purest form whenever they go to digging it out. Now, depending on how pure that you want to make it, you can make it more pure and more pure, but what actually does it is fire and temperature. So you've got to run it through one process and then you let it cool and then you take it back again and then you're emptying more off and more off. So Peter found a great parallel between gold and our faith that is compared to it. Now ultimately says, whenever you look at the natural gold of the earth, it is absolutely and will one day be destroyed. It will be annihilated. All the metals of the earth that have such precious value now will one day, one day rather be destroyed when the atomic bombs will bring this place almost to total annihilation. There won't hardly be anything left. But the Lord God will keep the frame and the frame will be refurbished. Now, notice he says that gold, no matter how valuable that it is, that the trying of our faith is even greater because gold can perish. Now, you can bring it to a spot to where it can be destroyed. It can be absolutely annihilated. And gold being refined by fire is whenever the dross begins to rise. Now, Set like this. Several years ago, Carol and I stood in South Africa and we went to a gold mine and it was one that they'd pretty much uh, mined everything out. And what they were still doing is they were taking the, the trailings of the, of the great big piles of dirt. Now, years and years ago, they was only able to take out so much of the gold out of the trailings, as they call it. And But here's these humongous mounds of dirt and crushed up stone. But they found out that as man began to understand more about it, that he could run that same dirt through another chemical process, which has been highly refined, and they were able to get more gold out of that pile of dirt. They'd been laying there, some of it for 100 years, some of it for 110 years. But yet running it through a different process, they was able to take more and more gold. So they had this pot of gold and it was setting over a a molten fire. It was fire that was so hot and the guy that was standing there doing it, there was a couple of them, and they had to have these heat resistant suits in order to be able to work it because it would have burned their flesh totally off of their skeleton. It was so hot. So they had to be dressed in a certain way. And then they would take and pour it inside of this pot. Now this particular gold had been used over and over and over and over and over again. Weeks on end. And they'd bring people through that mine and show them the same thing over and over again. And this particular ore had been used multiple times. And by the time we saw it, it was about 99 0.9% pure. But each time, 
It was run through the process. It was making it more pure, more pure. Now, as beautiful as it was when it was taken out of the earth, but yet it had pyrite in it, it had dirt in it, it had other chemicals, it had fool's gold, which is pyrite, and it had different things in it, and in order to be able to bring the purity out of the gold, what they had to do was bring the temperature up higher and higher and higher in order to separate the impure from the pure. So when the fire would get hot, it would cause the impurities to begin to rise to the top. Now, they would take then a little scoop of a thing, it looked like a little cupola of a thing, and with a long, on a long rod where it wouldn't burn them up, and it would begin to rise to the top, and they could take that off. Well, then they would bring it a little bit higher, and it would, more would come out, and more would come out. Each one of those dips was taking the impurities from the gold. Now, the gold is able to take that type of heat, but it takes that type of temperature to be able to separate the impure from the pure. Are you hearing me today? Now, if God requires and God wants us to be broken, as our brothers so beautifully sung the song, if that's what it requires to make us to be like he wants us to be, is it that really what we want in the bottom line? Now, if, if, if God could get us then and truly we have value in his eyes when he finds us as we are. He found us lost. He found us all muddled up in the sins of the world. We had fool's gold. We had dirt. We had the office mess of stuff. Probably had very little gold in reality. But we had enough that was worth running through the smelting process. So God began to allow trials to happen. Now the dirt, it doesn't take near as much heat, near as much temperature. So when we first got saved, God started letting us be tried. God turned the temperature up to about 50 degrees and boy, we thought, man alive, I'm doing so good. I'll tell you what, I'm a sweating like I don't know what and I'm going through the test and the trial, praise God. And God reached down in there and got a little something out of you and set it over on the, on the side and you said, praise the Lord, I'm on my way to Canaan's land. And God puts you in the furnace neck the week after that. God turned the temperature up to about 100. And you thought, glory to God, I'm twice as strong as I was last week. And truly you were. And week after week, trial after trial, test after test, God kept turning the temperature up. It kept going higher and higher. And your faults and your shortcomings and your impurities kept floating to the top. Now, it takes the rising of the temperature in order to separate these things from yourself. But you see, those things are actually in the ground and molded in the ground when the gold was created. Now, with iron ore, with silver, with many of the precious metals of the earth, they've got a smelting process for each one. It differs one to the other because of the chemical breakdown and the type, the temperature that it takes to break it down. But whenever it comes into the gold of God, it's refined when the dross is removed. Now, as I stood there and I looked at that and I watched that pot of gold and whatever, they'd put it over there and it was so hot and I moved as close as I could without being in danger because they've got boundaries around it because they don't want you to get hurt. But as I looked at it myself, I thought, I've been there. I've been there. 
Every child of God's been there. And yet some of you, maybe you're there today. And maybe some of you just got out and God's got you over here in, in, in the cooling avenue of your walk with God now and God's giving you a little bit of rest and he's kind of giving you a breather and he's helping you with good things. Aren't we glad he does that to us? We couldn't take it if he didn't, friends. But the mercy of God knows exactly where the breaking point is for each one of us. And that's the way out of his sovereign grace that he does. So then whenever a person's faith, now remember it's not your shouting that's going to the fire. And it's not even your emotion or your jumping, and we believe in all that, do we not? But yet it's not any of that that is actually being tried. It's not even your ability to sing or not to sing. It's not even your ability to memorize the word, to quote the word, no. What Peter is focusing on is the trying or the testing of your faith. Now, what's it for, Brother Donnie? It's to prove to you, it's not so much to God because God done knows what you'll be when you come out, but it's to prove to you the faith that you have. Now, you see, God will allow stress and pressure to come our way. He will allow sometimes relationship things with people, friends, family, church people. God will allow a stirring of our relationships in order to let a little bit of unforgiveness or bitterness that we did not realize we had. And God will turn that temperature up just a little bit in order to bring that out. And you know what that'll do? That will cause that unforgiving spirit that you have within you to rise to the top of your gold. Now, I'll tell you one thing, if you've never had any stress uh, things to go along with relationships, God bless you, I'm praying for you because you're going to eventually. Whether it's your mama and you or your daddy and you or your brothers and sisters or people you go to church with or your best friend or whoever, we're going to have them. That's just part of it. Does God keep those from us as his people? He does not. As a matter of fact, God will let you go through more than anybody else in the world. So stress will be able to deepen, actually, and strengthen a Christian's walk. Now, I know we don't like to hear these words, but, but it's the truth. So in the words of Job, Job said it this way in Job 23, when he has tried me or tested me, then I will come forth as gold. Now, I'll put this up, and I want you to read this with me on the process of how to refine gold. So to refine gold, heat must be applied to force the impurities to the surface. The impurities are called dross. The temperature must reach 2,102 degrees Fahrenheit. Oh, Jesus. Now, the sad part about it is God won't allow us to take this fireproof suit into the smelter. So it's the people on the outside. I mean, that's the way it is with preachers sometimes. They're standing up there with that fireproof suit on and they're burning you up, ain't they? I mean, they are setting you on fire and they're smiling and laughing and having the biggest time ever was. Well, he better not laugh much because he's fixing to go through the same thing. So you see, it's the people standing on the outside of that are the ones that are administering and they're doing the goal, the very best thing that can be done for them. So the temperature must reach 2,102 degrees Fahrenheit. 
as the dross or the impurities rise, they are removed and more heat is applied. Now watch what happens. Whenever dirt will be able to be released, uh, I I didn't go into an in-depth study to find out the metallurgical value and what temperature that each thing can be released. But let's just look at it this way and say that dirt can be released at say 750 degrees Fahrenheit. So whenever seven, the gold reaches 750 degrees Fahrenheit and then the dirt comes out and says, man, I'm getting out of here. Woo, I can't take this no more. I know if I'll go up to the top, I know they'll set me free. I know if I'll go to the top, I'll get out of here. Do you realize that's the way a lot of folks do God? And that's the way they do church. Whenever difficulties come around the church, what do some people do? The first little trial, they bail on you. They jump out. The first little test comes through and the church goes through a trying time and a testing time and people say, I'm about ready to look for me another church. Go ahead, dirt. Go ahead, you dirt bag. Go ahead, you dross. Come on now, somebody preach with me. I don't know about you, when it's all said and done, I wanna be left in the pot. Amen. If God's gotta keep cranking it up and cranking it up, Lord, you ain't running me off. I've got good gold. Amen. So we'll say then that the the dirt begins to, this metallurgical reaction begins to happen and the gold starts, you know, the gold is is good. Now believe it or not, the gold is good. It says, I like this. I really enjoy this. This is my spot. This is where I am. This is where I'm brought to my very best clarity. This is where I'm brought to what I really want to be. Now this is why our our humanity, our makeup does not like trials because your flesh ain't gold. Jesus Christ will never see himself in your human body right now. The only way he will ever see himself when you are in a human body is the new one you get on the day of the change. Is that right? Now notice then when the temperature rises, then we'll say the dirt releases first. And the dirt will come up from the pot wherever it's coming from. Each one of those little things that's down inside the gold, it begins to release the dirt, release the dirt, release the dirt. And the dirt will begin to come up to the top. Then the individual standing out there and he's got that little thing and he'll dip it over like this, like a little dipper, and he'll go to skimming around the top and he pours that dirt on the outside. Then no more is coming out because it's reached the max. So they've got to crank it up a little more. And then they'll they'll find floating up the top. Oh my goodness, what's I see there? Oh wow, what? That looks like temper. Now I know there ain't nobody here ever been through that, but I'll say it for these sorry sinners that stream these services. So there comes a little temper up to the top of it and the man reaches in there and he grabs a hold of that and begins to skim that right off the top. Well, they let it set for a few more minutes. No more temper raises. So what do they do? Crank the temperature. They go to cranking the temperature and then they let it sit there and sit there and never remember it's boiling. It's a cooking. <laughs> it's a cooking. That gold is just a cooking. And every every degree that they add to it, that gold says, come on, I can take some more. Come on, I can take some more. Oh, glory. But yet every impurity inside of there is screaming to get out. The dirt wants out. The temper wants out. The intolerance, the unforgiving spirit, whatever it is, it wants out. And that ain't but half the story, God wants it out. 
Now notice the process continues and continues and continuous heat is applied and reapplied until the gold is pure. The refiner knows the gold is pure when he looks into the gold and sees his clear reflection. So then here the refiner is standing there and he got some dirt off the top, he got some iron pyrite off, he got this off, temper off, anxiety, stress, worry, materialism. He began to keep on doing it over and over and then the man reaches over and he looks inside of there and he can see his own image in this pot of gold. Here it is, it's now reached over 2,000 degrees and the gold is not screaming for mercy, the gold is not say, let me out, let me out, turn it down, turn it down. I can't take it no more. The gold is in its glory. Why? Because the refiner can see himself in the gold. I wonder how clear you and I are reflecting the Lord Jesus today. I wonder when he looks at us, does he see just a very vague image. No doubt he sees a part of himself because he's done a great work in many of our lives, has he not? So we don't want to belittle that. But I wonder then by looking, if he would be able to look at Donnie Reagan today and he would look at you and look at you and he would bend over into the pot, would he see? What would he see? Would he see himself with such clarity that he would be able to see, not my eyes, but his Would he be able to see, not my facial features, but his? Isn't that what we want more than anything in the world? Now, you remember in the Bible when the Lord Jesus prayed for a man, and he was actually blind. And he prays for this man, and whenever he does, the man, his eyes are partially touched, and he says, I see men as trees. I see men as trees. Now, it is strange that the Lord Jesus would have to pray for this man twice, Was it just that the man didn't have enough faith to release it all at once? Or was there a divine purpose? To be honest with you, I'm not sure. But we can see that the work of God is a process. So here the man, he was not able to see men as they are, but he looked out there, Brother Taylor, and he saw men and they they looked real vague-like. He said, man looked like trees, sort of. I can't make it out. Well, I wonder if the Lord Jesus would be able to look in the vat of our life or the cupola of our life. Would he see us as people that love him, people that want to go to heaven, people that want to be right, but that's not what he's looking for. You see, he'd be able to look in nearly every church in this area today and he would find people that don't want to be lost. He would be able to look and I'd say almost every church in the whole state of Tennessee as far as even the United States. They wouldn't, none of them probably went there today and said, I'm going to church so I can go to hell. I'm going to church so I can be deceived because I want to be lost. Nobody in the right mind would want that. So they're going to church because they feel like they're going to get something there that will help them be ready for heaven. Probably everybody doesn't go for that reason, but we'll say the majority of them do. So, but he's not looking for those who just want to go to heaven. Because as the old song says, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. And that's what we got to do is die to ourselves. 
So if he was looking for that, then he would look in the, in the cupola of gold and he would say, oh yes, everybody in there, nobody wants to be lost. Everybody in there wants to go to heaven. Everybody in there wants me to bless them. Oh, they're wanting new cars, they're wanting new homes. And then preachers keep giving them the 13 principles of how to be a blessed man and the 14 principles of how to do this and the 19 principles on how to do that. But he ain't just looking in the vat for that. What he's looking for is to see himself. Himself in what? Every aspect of our life. So when he was here, he not only healed the sick and raised the dead, but he also faced persecution. He wants to see that in our lives. So we are going to be persecuted. That's part of being a child of God. But what he wants to see is his image of behavior reflecting itself through us and our behavior. Oh, I heard the voice of God say an amazing thing this week. Absolutely overwhelmed me. I was just alone praying, talking to the Lord, and I heard him say these three things. Walk like a prince, roar like a lion, and fight like a king. Wow, walk like a prince, roar like a lion, and fight like a king. So guess what? That's what I'm gonna do. (laughs) So God wants to see himself when we fight, He wants to see himself whenever we're being under oppression of the enemy and persecuted. So he's looking for himself in every aspect of our life. And that is what this separates, of course, the bride from the church because the church wants simply a ticket to heaven, no requirement. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to dress a certain way, behave a certain way, and do whatever you want to do. Oh, sure, that's what they think heaven's all about. It's just to get everybody out of this place. If it's that way in six weeks, heaven will be turned back into a shape like Johnson City in no time, won't it? It won't be a fit place for a child of God to live. So the refiner wants to be able to look over into the cupola of gold and to be able to see his own reflection. Now, Malachi 3 tells us this, but who may abide in the day of his coming? Who shall stand when he appeareth? For he is like a refiner's fire, a refiner's fire, like fuller's soap. He shall sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver and he shall purify the sons of Levi and purge them as gold and silver that they may offer unto the Lord an offering in righteousness. So God works a similar process in the life of his people that a man would in refining gold. Now, you see what this gold will do is when the temperature begins to rise and it begins to release things that's actually become a part of it through the process of creation in the earth. Now, the gold didn't ask for the dirt. The gold didn't ask for the fool's gold, but it was actually formed there in the creation of the world, the earth. And the temperature begins to rise and it forces the gold to release this part that is not itself. Listen to me, if you're a child of God, adultery is not who you are. If you're a child of God, pornography is not who you are. Lying, cheating, drinking, so on and so on, that is not who you are. Somebody say amen. Amen. So what does God want? God wants to be able to release that out of you so the real you can shine through. So it will It will expose our weaknesses. It will expose our faults. Oh, goodness, we none of us like that, do we? Yet, Brother Brown told us, he said, the reason we go to church is to see our faults. Oh, my goodness. How many goes to church so they can be preached on? Why did y'all even come today? (laughs) 
We go through trials so we can see what we are lacking, what we need. Oh my. Notice this, so it exposes our weaknesses, our faults, our struggles, our impurities do that when the heat is turned up and when the heat gets hot, it is very uncomfortable, ain't it? Oh my goodness. I'll see some of y'all sitting here and I know what phase of life you're in according to kind of how you're reacting in the service. Some of you's wrapped up in thermal blankets. Some of you are sitting there sweating, which lets me know where you are in the cycle of life. <clears throat> so each one of us were able to go through these different things, but myself, I, I, I can be able to tolerate heat better than I can cold. Now, I've been to Canada and it's 40 minus 40. And whenever I'd get done preaching, I was soaking wet and they would pull the, the vehicle right up to the door. I basically stepped out of the church door and the car was right there because they was afraid, afraid I'd freeze to death because of being so cold. And yet then people stand outside with a long, the sister stand there with a long sweater hanging down like this, minus 40, standing out there talking like you folks here would in 70 or 75. Yeah, their blood is like molasses. So they're used to it. They're used to it. They can stand there and do it. I don't like that kind of weather. God never made that place for me. Polar bears and all that sort of thing, they can have it as far as I'm concerned. I can deal with heat a lot better. Well, it's the same way when it comes to our flesh and our soul. Whenever the pressure goes to be turned on our flesh, oh, we'll cry and bellyache. Oh, I didn't think Christianity is gonna be like this. I didn't know it's gonna be so hard to go through that. And the flesh will go on and on and on. And the soul is saying, Lord, purify me. Lord, cleanse me. Lord, sanctify me. And if your body could hear your soul, you talking about getting into an argument, they'd go back and, well, would you please shut up? You're asking God to turn up the temperature and I'm about to die. This heat is absolutely killing me. Exactly the idea. Exactly the idea that God wants to do. So the process, our process, you say, when will this ever end? I'll tell you when it ends. This process will end when we meet Jesus face to face. Now think of this, every one of us are gonna see him. You're either gonna be ready or not ready, it's up to you. But the process for the bride will end when we meet him face to face and he will be able to look directly in our face for the first time without a veil or a covering of the blood. And when he looks in our face, we will be so much like him, he will be able to see himself in us. It does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Is that right? Is that what the word says? For we shall see him as he is. I don't want to add to what John said, but there's also another side to that, and he will see us as we is. <laughs> That's exactly right. We're going to see him as he is, and he's going to see us as he has processed us to be through all these things of life. Oh, you know, in one way, I'm so glad that God hasn't made it to where that it didn't require a real difficult type of process. I'm glad that he's made it this way because it truly separates those that really want to go from those that really don't want to go. So you see, purification may sound harsh and the process may seem very difficult. He said, well, Brother Donnie, how long does this take? Depends on you. It depends on how much junk you got in you. It depends on how much trash, how much fool's gold, how much dirt, how much humanity, 
Well, thank you, Jesus. It all depends on you and I and how quick we will allow God to take it out of our lives. So without this process, we will be left with our impurities. We will be left. You see, this is why that they cannot make out that number that goes through the tribulation period. Now, if these people are actually under the blood, how in the world could they ever go into a tribulation period for purification? But they think they're under the blood, but in reality, they are not. They refuse the process to be cleansed, ready for the rapture. Now, we know that being saved in the rapture is not the same thing. Sure, we get saved by accepting him as our savior. But in order to go on the body change, we've got to be called out, separated, called out, away from the world. And this process is part of it. And many people simply do not want it. They do not want to be told they have to separate from the world. Well, you can't do this and you can't do that no more. And you can't, oh, I ain't, ain't no preacher telling me what to do, bless God. That ain't the preacher telling you no way. It's the preacher only repeating the requirement for the rapture. I thought you wanted to go. So you see, the process takes out all of these impurities and the dross that's inside of us. So, you know, God may allow them a, a, a relationship a friend of yours or, or a brother even in the flesh or a sister in the flesh and, and struggles may raise up and what will it do? It will try you in a way that you've never been tried before. And then if you've got the least bit of bitterness or an unforgiving spirit down inside mixed with your gold, and of course every one of us are totally convinced that we are 14 carat through and through from the toenail to the top of our last little head right up on our head, we are all 14 carat gold. There's no question about that, right? I'm talking about our character, our makeup, why even our family is 14 carat. That's why some of you think your kids are a bunch of angels around here and you don't even correct them. Well, praise the Lord, Brother Donnie. You don't pass the new birth onto your kids. We don't pass the new birth onto our kids by having Sunday school class or by preaching. Is that right? They've got to get it themselves and they've got to be purified just like you and I are purified. But we want to wind up the gold of God. He's going to gather his treasures one day. You see, he's gone there to prepare a great, beautiful place. Now, those of you, especially you sisters, and you're, you think about getting engaged, or some of you sisters that's already engaged and married, and you get your eyes on a new ring. You go say, well, glory to God. My husband's making more money now than he's ever made before, and he got me this little ring whenever we got married, and I love this little old thing, I really do, but I wouldn't care to have something a little bit bigger, say three-quarter or 1.1 or 1.3 or something like that, and I wouldn't mind, you know, having the clarity a little bit better, the four Cs. I wouldn't care to have the color just a little bit brighter. Mine is a J, and I'd rather have something a little bit brighter. I'd rather have the clarity a little bit, and I'd rather have not any inclusions. I'm talking about diamonds where they chart diamonds, you understand that. Mine is an SI1 and I'd rather not have that. I'd rather just have, you know, just no inclusions and all. And, and I, I'm not, you know, and whenever you go to the jewelry store and you talk to your husband and say, honey, let's go into the mall and let's get one of them pretzels. You like them pretzels, don't you, down there at the mall? Oh, I like them pretzels. Well, let's go down there and he, he's just as gullible as he can be. Poor old fella, he don't realize that the jewelry store is right across the hallway there from the pretzel store. And you ain't got no pretzels on your mind, sister. You got that big rock laying inside of there. Have you ever noticed in them jewelry cases how they've got them all lit up? 
Have you ever noticed whenever you walk in there, I mean, every sparkle is there. I see some of y'all smiling. You've done been there and done that, ain't you? And they've got that thing lit up and as soon as they take it out and you put it on your finger, but they also got some behind you. But I'll tell you what you do. You walk out of there into the mall itself and just get under the regular lights and what you're gonna notice is a lot of that sparkle is no longer there. Now the sparkle is still there, but the light is not hitting it in the right way. So myself, whenever I bought a few of those things in the past and I go in there, if I don't happen to have one in my pocket, which I don't carry one around, I will ask for a jeweler's loop. How many knows what that is? Some of y'all know what it is? I will ask for a jeweler's loop. Well, whenever you do, that always impresses them. They say, uh-oh, this old boy knows what he's talking about. So I get a jeweler's loop and I put it up on my eye like this and I'll start doing the ring this way or whatever it is I'm looking at because it's a certain distance that you want to get it from the loop to be able to bring out everything that's in it, the fire. Well, you see the, the, uh, the natural eye looks at it and there's, oh, it's got, maybe it's got two or three inclusions and the color is a, is a G and it looks pretty, pretty nice. But when you go to pulling that loop up and you go to looking at that ring this way and you find exactly the distance, then you say, oh my goodness, there's that inclusion. How is that? Well, that was formed when God made it in the beginning. It's carbon is all it is. And it's a little bitty thing that's hidden until you get this little jeweler's loop. Now, we love preaching long distance, don't we? Preacher, preach on me. Tell me, tell me how good I am. Some of y'all would rather I'd be plumb back yonder, wouldn't you? You'd rather I'd be way back. Maybe you'd rather I was out on the parking lot and preach to you. But the Lord, by the Holy Ghost, will have a man of God anointed by the Spirit of God, and he's got a jeweler's loop and another and another, and Lord have mercy, he's got a pair of binoculars, it looks like, and say, Lord, how'd that man know what we was talking about this morning at the breakfast table? He didn't, but the master does. So what does it do? It brings out our flaws. It brings out our carbon, our humanity. And then God does it not to shame us. God does that not to humiliate us. God does that to bring it out so we can see what's there. And then we can say, okay, I understand, Lord, why the temperature's been going up. Has the temperature been going up on any of y'all in your trials and your tests of life? I'll tell you one thing. It seems like every way you look and everybody you talk to is going through something. Is that right? And it seems like the closer we get to the end of the way, the more it is. It must be going home time. It must be going home time and he's cranking and cranking and cranking in order to let all the impurities to be able to boil to the top. Oh my goodness. Well, I know we ain't gonna be standing in line today to see who can be able to be cranked up first but I do want to be in line. I don't want God to have to baby me. I don't want God to have to treat me like I'm a little old pansy sort of a fellow. Well, I can't let Donnie go through much, poor little fella. He's so weak, you know, he'll just get all broke down and everything. That ain't what I want my reputation to be. I'm not the first one today looking to be thrown in the fire, guarantee you that. But if God in his wisdom allows me to go there, I'm gonna act like a prince, I'm gonna roar like a lion, and I'm gonna fight like a king. Oh my, you see, God wants us to be able to have peace 
in the time of such trials when they're going on. So God is refining and removing the dross in our lives so we can be vessels for his glory. Now listen to what the prophet said. I was standing here not long ago by a big smelter and I noticed how hot that fire was and it just cooked and cooked and cooked. Now you can tell this is not smelter language what he's talking about, but this is the best way he knew to describe it. So he's standing there looking at that smelter and, and it, uh, it was just boiling, apparently some bubbling and stuff coming out of it like that. It cooked and cooked and cooked as the hotter it got and the dross and the metals and the gold, he said, to come to the top and they skimmed it off and they'd heat the fire a little hotter in this smelter and then they would make it boil more. Now a lot of us boil, as a matter of fact, some of us boil over. But it's the kind that don't do us no good. We get all angry and all upset and bowl over and lose our temper and then you gotta go back and repent for something that you said you shouldn't have said. Preach, Brother Donnie. But this ain't the kind of boiling that God does. When God boils you, he does a good job. That's right. They'd heat the fire a little hotter in the smelter and then it would boil more and they'd get some more different stuff, pyrite stuff out of it. The first come up was the dirt like dirt and mud. The next come up and say, oh, I don't know, something, some quick, notice what he calls this, some quick silver, quick silver. That's what a lot of folks want. Man, they wanna get saved today, they wanna preach tomorrow, they're ready to pastor church in three weeks, they're ready to go on a singing tour, evangelistic tour, missionary tour in about a month, they want quick silver. That only worked for Tonto and the Lone Ranger. It won't work for you as a child of God. God wants rid of quicksilver. God wants rid of dirt. Oh my. They come up and skimmed that off. What it went right on down and the last thing they took out of it was pyrite. That's fool's gold. You know, there's a lot of things in people that try to fool one another. Ah, now we're coming to fool's gold. There's a lot of things in people that try to fool one another when you're a Christian or acting like it. Anyhow, but you let that Holy Ghost go to boiling everything out and it takes all the fool's gold out of you. You see, there's no room for foolish virgin gold in the bride. I don't want no fool's gold. Any of y'all ever seen pyrite? So many of you have, so you're aware of it, you know what it is. And yet there's been many a person that thought they struck it rich when they were digging in the hills of Arizona or Nevada or Utah or California or even Alaska and they thought they had hit the mother load. But what they got was absolutely worthless. Notice he said, you let the Holy Ghost go to boiling everything out and takes all the fool's gold out of you. Fool's gold. Many people go out west and they find some of it and they think they struck a gold mine. It shines better than gold does. But it's fool's gold. Hasn't got no value to it. Look, friend, this is where Laodicea is hidden. Laodicea is full of fool's gold. And they look at their lives and they look at their churches and they look at their jobs and this and that and the other. God blesses us, don't boy, that means he approves of us. No, it does no such a thing. It does no such a thing. The children of Israel, after they had been judged by God and said, you'll not go into the land. Yet they never had to provide their food. They never had to buy another pair of shoes. Never had to buy another change of clothes. God blessed them so much and it was already pronounced they was lost. 
Don't judge blessings and say, well, that's God's approval. Here's God's approval of you. God tries you and tests you. Oh, God gives me a new car every now and then. God does this, God does that. Well, he gives the sinners their breaths. He gives infidels that woke up today and say there is no God and God gave them the breath of life. God gave them the right mind. God gave them food to eat though they never thanked him. But the whole earth is living under the blessing of God. Is that right? I don't want just these blessings. I want this. Oh my. Notice, dear Jesus, it shines better than gold does. But it's fool's gold. Has it got no value to it? And now they cook that and they skim it all off and they just keep cooking and cooking it until it's pure gold. Boiled down to nothing but 100% gold. And that's the way God does in his church. He pours the Holy Spirit in it and cooks down. Here we go, church. How many is ready for a cookout. (laughs) Y'all invited to Word of Life Church. Every service we plan on having a cook down. What are you serving, Brother Donnie? Elk? Bison? You. You're what's on the fire. And I'm on the fire with you. Oh my goodness, well praise the Lord. Well that's a sure way to build up our church, right? We'll gain all kinds of people. (laughs) Yeah, you gotta be kidding me. People don't wanna be cut down. Notice he says, oh Lord, till it throws all the worldliness and the differences and selfishness, till it just boils it out of every individual that will come to him. Look at this in the letters in church. But there is a gold of God, 1 Peter 1, 7. But there is this gold. What's this gold now that he's going to parallel it to? The trial of your faith being more precious than of gold that perisheth. The gold of God is a Christ-like character. So the gold of God is not working signs. The gold of God is not performing miracles. We believe in that. Our God is moving among us. Brother Darrell met with the youth here uh, the other night on Thursday night. They was able to stream the service. While they were streaming the service, somebody got healed. Somebody else got healed. Just by hearing testimonies of healing. I love it, don't you? But that within itself will not get us through the gate if we don't have this kind of gold. But never fear, the bride will have this gold. The gold of God is a Christ-like character produced in the fiery furnace of affliction. You see, genuine faith is not just a value to you and I in this life, but one day you will trade it for a visage like unto the Son of God himself. Notice as Peter says it again, and I repeat it in reading it to you, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory. So the trying of your faith transfers and changes you and allows you to stand before the Lord Jesus when he comes at his appearing and you won't run, you won't be afraid, you won't be scared, 
Unlike his appearing that when you and I come back with him at the end of the thousand years and they will run and scream and holler for the rocks and the mountains to fall upon them. But you and I will not run and scream. Why? Because we've done been cooked and recooked and recooked and boiled, oh my, until the dross of our humanity, our failures, our, our, our insignificant vanity that we all have so much of has been cooked to the very top and God allowed the skimmers to come and skim it off and when we stand there, we will be 100% pure gold. Deity, deity. Whom having not seen ye love, and whom though ye have not seen him yet believing, ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory, receiving the end of your faith. Notice this is when faith comes to its end. When you receive the end of your faith, even the salvation of your soul. Notice the prophet, he said, so he told Abraham he's going to try him and give him trials. And every Christian has to be tried. Peter said, think it not strange, beloved, when fiery trials come upon you. For it's only done to prove your faith. That's more precious to you than gold. Now we realize people can say, oh, I believe God. Why sure I believe every word in that Bible? Until they're tried by it. How many people around our message have said, oh, absolutely, I believe every word of that until you preach something they didn't know he said. Or it don't apply to their situation, then they don't believe it no more. It's amazing how many preachers I'm finding, friends. It would shock you. It would shock you. How many preachers that I'm dealing with around the message that you send them quote after quote after quote after quote after quote after quote Scripture after scripture after scripture after scripture. And they won't even acknowledge them and say the word is right and I am wrong. That's where we are. I'm telling you, you better get the good stuff. You better get the good gold. We don't want pyrite. We don't want to stand in front of the light and sparkle and turn around and act like, but if it's not real gold, it is worthless. Amen. Oh, but I can sing, I can jump, I can preach. That's good, that's wonderful. I'm glad you can. But I want something inside of you that'll keep you, that you'll look at this word. Remember, the Holy Ghost will never lead you or I contrary to his word. And if you or I do something wrong and a man of God shows us the word, then the Holy Ghost in you or I will make us admit that word is right. I did wrong, I'm sorry. I apologize. And if what you've got don't make you do that, you ain't got the Holy Ghost. Oh my. Listen to this. Look, when you're sick sometimes, how is it that the righteous suffer? Wish we had a night to preach on it that how God does it for his own glory and turns right back around and heals that. I don't know if you caught the words in that verse. Brother Joe Harris sent me that song the other day that Harry and, and Brother Caleb just sung and I sent it to Harry because I thought it was a beautiful song. But I don't know if you caught the words just hearing it one time. But it says, if my story is for your glory. If my story 
is for your glory. And somehow it will please you for me to be broken. Then Lord, that's what I want to be. How many believes your story is for his glory? Well, your story will contain all types of things, ups and downs and ins and outs, and you've got dross in you today. No doubt your pastor still has dross in him. No doubt every preacher sitting here today, every deacon, every good, sincere saint of God, we still have dross, but the difference between us and others is we say, God, get it out of me. Lord, get it out of me, whatever you got to do. God, if I have to go through the fire and you got to crank her up, get it out of me. If you've got to keep cranking it up after that and you give me a little bit of a rest and you throw me back in, so be it, Lord. Let me be a strong servant of God. Let me be one that can be a soldier that will stand before the people of God in this last day. The children of God don't need to see weak leaders. They don't need to see weaklings in the pulpit ready to quit and ready to give up. I'll tell you the kind of men they need to see. Holy Ghost filled men that'll still preach the word without compromise and say, brother, sister, we can face it. No matter what you're going through today, I'm here to tell you, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Darkness is under your feet. Cancer is under your feet. Cigarettes can be put under your feet. Alcohol can be put under your feet. You are more than conquerors. Watch how he says, that's how God does it. For his own glory turns it right back around and heals that and starts a testimony. So God will allow something to come your way and it seems awful. It seems so terrible. And God will turn right around and heal you and bring a testimony out of that that can affect hundreds of people. Thanks be to God. Notice God takes his Holy Spirit, takes the Christian, the church, and beats it with the gospel. So let me tell you this today, if you're a visitor, you go to a church where they're not beating you, you better change. I'd rather not, I'd go, I've been for years and years. They, they don't never whoop me. You're sitting under a false prophet. Don't want to hurt your feelings, but I want to tell you the truth. A preacher that ain't beating you don't love you. The only beings in this building today that don't need to be beat are the babies that don't, don't understand yet and the angels of God that are here. All the rest of us need the tar beat out of us. <laughs> Woo. So notice it beats it with the gospel back and forth, back and forth until it reflects Jesus and if the Holy Spirit can see the works of Jesus going on in the church, then things begin to go fine. But there's too much dross in the church today. Can anybody say amen? Lord, I've got too much dross. Too much dross in the church today. Too much. Now we're fine people. We're the best in the world. We're the cream of the crop. But the church needs to make herself ready. Ready, get ready. How many knows it? We need to make ourselves ready. Again, how can overcome? He that cometh to God must first be tested. That only shows a true child. Then say he's tested. When the test comes on you, listen, you can't overcome lest there's a test give to you. Wow. How many wants a great testimony? 
Let's break down the word testimony. T-E-S-T-I-M-O-N-Y. Test, I'm only and groany and complainy. Oh, that's, that's what y'all do too, I say. We want a great testimony. Do we know it? Do we want a testimony that we come out of this world, Lord, by your grace, and we walk into heaven, and then saints are saying, where'd you come from? I lived in the latest. And they say, Lord, have mercy. You mean you lived in that, that, that worst day? The worst day? Well, it's the worst day that ever human beings ever lived on the earth. You lived during that time frame? I sure did. How did you do it, brother, sister? How did you do it? By the grace of God. Oh my, when we walk in there, we don't want no t-shirt. We don't want no t-shirt, I survived Laodicea. We want to walk in there overcomers, do we not? We want to walk in with a testimony by his grace. We overcome the worst age that human beings ever lived on the earth. We lived in the day. Can you imagine if some of our forefathers would have heard about television and internet and pornography and all that stuff and a smartphone where all of that sin would be just accessible just at the push of a button? Can you imagine some of our forefathers said, Lord, don't let me live in that age. I wouldn't want to live in that age. But God's got some young people. God's got some young men, some young women. Come on, somebody preach with me. God's got some people on the face of the earth today are living in the middle of hell itself. There's darkness all around us, friends. There's chaos everywhere. We are not living in a paradise. We are living in the middle of hell. But by the grace of God, we will overcome every devil. The people of God will overcome every evil. You young people can overcome. You middle-aged people, you can overcome. Us older people, we can overcome. Not only can, we shall. How? Cook. Cook. And more cook. But Brother Donnie, I've been cooked my whole life. I understand. I was 12 when I got saved. And I'm 67. You figure the math. I've been cooked my whole Christian life. Especially since I come to the message. And I'm enjoying it more than I've ever enjoyed it before. Praise God. You know why? It gets sweeter. I'm getting closer. The days are getting closer. If it will be, look out there, there's no hope. There's no hope for this world. There's no redemption for this world, only the coming of the Lord Jesus. Where would we be was it not for him as our only hope? What can they offer you? What can they produce to you that'll help you lay down at night and have peace? Nothing. Listen to this and I'll close. When the test is given, it's given to see whether you can overcome or not. Jesus said to him that overcometh the test. Everybody look this way, please. I want you to see one of the greatest things next to salvation that is given to any of us. The test is the greatest thing that, has, that ever happened to you. Can anybody say amen yet or do you need to grow into that a little bit? It don't seem like it, does it? It don't seem like it. 
You see, it's because we don't understand how to make good gold. We don't understand the process. But God understands the process of making 100% gold. So he says, I'm going to give Larry one of the best things I could get. That boy can play that piano. He can tickle them ivories. I'm telling you what, he don't have to even look at them. He, he cannot even hear a song before and go down there and play that thing. I give him a great talent when I bless him to be able to do that. But I'm going to give him the greatest thing I could give him other than salvation. I'm going to try him. I'm going to test him. I'm going to let him have issues with his heart. I'm going to let the doctors even tell him. Buddy, you're, 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 you're pretty close to dying. You realize you could die? When he had his episode here not long ago, and they said, you, you, you could have died. No, he couldn't. God wasn't done with him yet. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So what did God do? Then God gave him the test, and God let him come on the other side of the test, and then God turned the test into a testimony. But he wouldn't have that testimony today. Could you see him sit there and raise his hand and give praise to God? He would not have that testimony if the test had not come first. Don't lose strength, church. Don't lose your faith in the middle of the test. Know that God's given it to you so he can have honor and glory out of your life. Your story is written for his glory. Your story has been lived out in this day for the glory of God. It's not for us. Our story is not about us, how people can read about our life and think, boy, they done this or that or the other. No, it ain't about that. Our story is written for his glory. Oh my, let my story and your story be written for the glory and mercy of God. Let's stand Let me finish this quote. Peter said that our trials are worth more to us than precious gold. It's a testing time. It's one good evidence to us that God is with us. Listen now. When we're tested. You see, people that aren't being tried and tested, there's something wrong. Our church never has no trouble. Well, we're so happy God bless you. Enjoy it while you can. Because if you're a church of the living God, it won't stay that way. I don't care who your pastor is. Jesus was the pastor of the 12 disciples. He had the office church if it was. They had troubles, they had arguing, they had fussing, they had fighting. It just goes with having churches. And God is going to allow your church to be tested if it's a true church. Now, if it's not, if it's a shock church, if it's just that type of church, hey, he don't even worry about it. But if it's a true church of the living God, he's going to let it be tested. It's one good evidence to see that God is with us when we're tested for all children of God. Uh-huh. Or tested and tried. Let me read this scripture to you. And Peter, beloved, beloved, think it not strange concerning what? Fiery. Not ashy. Not ashy. Fiery. Look at the meaning of the word. A burning. The burning by which metals, what a strange meaning of a word, are roasted. Roasted. 
and reduced by a figure drawn from a refiner's fire, calamities or trials that test the character. Praise God. Praise God. I want to be true. You want me true? Want me true? Do we want to be true? Because we know he and his wisdom will never allow more to come upon us. The one he gives us strength to bear it. Maybe you find yourself there today. And I know some of you do because I'm your pastor. So I know some of the things that you're going through. Got a text Carol did yesterday from one of the families in our church. And they're dealing with this certain issue. And another issue with their son. Another issue with health. And another issue with this and that. So I sent him a quote that's one of my favorites when I'm going through things. It's from Invisible Union. The prophet's dealing with the law of contrast. He talks about how that we go through times in our life and it seems like it's a daytime. Then he said, it'll switch on you. Then it'll be a nighttime. And he said, like we say it down south, when it rains, it pours. How many has had them days like that? And you just say, Lord, I, I, I can't take another day. I don't know what to do. Lord, what in the world? What is going on? But remember Noah. When it seemed like he couldn't go a day further, God put a rainbow in the cloud. I don't mind telling you, it makes me mad. I'm so mad right now I could bite a snicker bar right in half. (laughs) That's how mad it makes me. That the devil and his crowd stole our rainbow sign. <laughs> and it weird that we're ashamed to even refer to the rainbow. We're afraid to even have one anywhere because we'll think people will think we're like them. And the devil hijacked it. He done the same thing to shouting. He done the same thing about dancing. The devil never started dancing. The devil never started dancing. God told Joel, where was you? When the morning stars sang together and the sons of God shouted for joy. The prophet said this up there dancing in heaven before the foundation of the world. Dancing didn't start with the devil. It started with God. Well, come on, somebody. Worshiping and loving and adoring, that didn't start with the devil. That's the way they do it, concerts. You probably read it the other day on your smartphone or your newspaper or whatever. A Taylor Swift concert was being held out west. They got so loud. The people now, the people got so loud and clapping their hands and screaming and hollering at her concert. They caused an earthquake. It showed up on the seismograph, an earthquake. Well, the devil ain't the originator of that. Paul and Silas were. Glory! We ought not to get in our mind, well, these people out here dance. We can't. I'll tell you one thing. Well, I danced out there in the world. We'll get saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, change partners, keep right on dancing. 
Keep right on dancing, but you dance to different music now, brother, sister. If anybody ought to have the joy of the Lord, it ought to be the people of God. It's just about going home time. Our troubles are almost over. Our burdens are almost past. Oh, hallelujah. Let us be glad and rejoice for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. Let's bow our heads. Heavenly Father, you're the only one today who can look down on every individual heart and see how much dross, how much dirt, how much pyrite is still mixed in with the gold. May they not leave here today with the wrong picture in their mind. It's not like you're trying our flesh and trying to get all the flesh out of our flesh. There ain't no hope for our flesh. It ain't redeemed. It ain't saved. It ain't never had the Holy Ghost, not one day. There's only one hope for our flesh, and that is to be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. Or if we go by the way of the grave, we will raise up with a brand new flesh body. What you're trying to separate from is the gold, which is our character. It's the way we treat people, the way we treat your word, the way we deal with one another. That's our character. It's our character. I remember when I first came here years ago, and I've been here for a couple of years, and the Lord, you remember, you placed it on my heart to preach character. I don't think I'll ever forget it as long as I live. Brother Bill Whitson. After I'd preached that and I was sitting with him and Brother Calvin, Brother J.D., some of the brothers, he said, Brother Donnie, I don't think I've ever heard that like that before. That character, as he called it. That character of God. And every time after that, if I could get to be around him very long, he'd bring that up again. Lord, we know it's an important thing. So what you want to do is heat up in order to get flaws out of our character. So if people treat us bad, then how do we treat them? If they're not nice to us, how do we treat them back? When the word is put to us and we show that we have been behaving wrong or believing wrong, will we correct and say, God, forgive me, I'm sorry, I didn't know the word said that? That's our character. Or will we just say, well, I feel that anyway? Which we know is the direction a lot of people go in this day. You can show them what the prophet said, show them what the scripture said, well, I feel led to go this way. Oh, the dross in such a character. Lord, would you search each of us today? And we're not trying to take a pitch for it today, Lord, and say, boy, I wish so-and-so had been there today. They sure needed to hear that. I wish so-and-so was there. But, Lord God, we want to open our hearts and say, Lord, I was here. I heard what was preached. Father, I preached it, and I'm opening my heart. I want you to look at me, Jesus. I want you to look at me and see if there's anything in me that displeases you. I don't care what it is. I've been serving you most of my life preaching most of my life. I don't want to miss it, Lord. 
I don't want to labor in vain. Dear God, look at me today. Search me. Help me, Father. If there's any dross, any pyrite, any dirt, not in my humanity, but in my character. Oh, Jesus, cleanse me. Cleanse me. Anybody here with me today, you want God to do the same thing for you? Just raise your hand and open your heart to him now. Lord, help me. Maybe it's the way you treat your wife. Maybe it's the way you treat your husband. Maybe it's the way you treat your neighbor. Live behind, beside you, around you, in your subdivision, and they're loud or whatever more. And boy, you just have a real attitude toward them. Each of us know, we know what our weaknesses are, our faults. Don't jump out of the pot, friends. Don't jump out of the kettle when God cranks it up. But just say, God, give me more grace. Hear the other words to this verse of this song. God, instead of giving healing, you gave her grace. So the author of the song was referring to St. Paul, of course, when Paul asked for healing. But God didn't give him healing, but he said, my grace is sufficient. So sometimes you ask God for healing, and God gives healing. Other times you ask God for healing, and God gives grace. At least for a month or two or six months maybe, and then the healing will come after a while. But aren't you glad that he knows exactly what we need? And if he's got a prolonged reason for where you are, don't lose your faith. He's testing you. He's done testified, no doubt, to the devil about you. You and God's been fellowshipping. God's got confidence in you. Praise the Lord. Help me, Lord, that I'll not falter or fail. Lord Jesus, help me, Father. Lord God, in the name of Jesus, would you move across this building today and help each of us, Lord. May the gold of God be so purified in our lives. Whatever's lacking in me, Lord, whatever's lacking in these people, some of the home folk, some visitors, Lord, would you deal with us? Help us, oh Lord. When the temperature increases, increases, and it becomes hot and we become weary, help us not to lose faith. Oh, grant it, Lord God, I pray in the name of Jesus. May our character please you, Father. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We worship you today, Lord God. Would you just lift your hands with me and just open your heart to him. Just let him search you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We bless your name, Lord God. We worship you, Jesus. We don't want to be drunk on the things of the world, Father. Sometimes you might let a little financial crisis strike us so it will force materialism to the top of the pot so we can see. I didn't realize how much I loved this world and its things until I got in that crunch Maybe you'll let something really hit us. Maybe a cancer, maybe a terrible sickness. 
a disease and the doctor said it's incurable. And once it strikes us, fear begins to come to the top of the pot. We didn't even realize that fear was there until the doctor gave us that report. And then all of a sudden we got afraid. You allowed that test to come so it would force the fear to the top so you could deliver us from the fear. Oh, we love you, Lord. I mean, once that tonight, look at me, would you? Or today, rather, look at me. You want that with all your heart? Let me tell you what faith for an individual can do. Most of you know, as far as Erica's situation, the doctors say they've got maybe one more thing they can try on her. As far as they think, she's in the last stages. No hope, this, that, the other. But she told her mama this the other day. She said, Mama, she said, I, I, I worry about myself sometimes. She said, why, honey? She said, I worry because I'm not afraid. And I wonder, should I worry more because I ain't worried? <laughs> Glory to God. That's faith, brother. That's faith, sister. So it, it does so something, like with you, Brother Dave, does something so to you and so changes you and makes you different. Why aren't we terrified? Do you understand that Russia has moved nuclear bombs to Belarus? Do you understand that Russia sent out four of their super bombers, SU-35s, on Friday night? The size equivalent to our B-52s which only carry nuclear warheads. Do you realize we sent one of our nuclear class submarines to South Korea? Look at Iran, look at Israel, Hezbollah fixing to attack from the north. I like looking at Israel. I got the Jerusalem Post app and I look at it every day about because what I see of Israel is they're like us. So Israel has Egypt to the bottom. They got Jordan over here. They got Iraq over here. They got Lebanon up here. They got the Mediterranean over there. They're totally surrounded. Totally, completely surrounded. And they're a state about the size of New Jersey. But do you believe that Israel will be destroyed? You don't. And why don't you believe that? Because God's word said it won't. Well, if you've got that much faith for Israel, you ought to have that much and more for yourself. If God will not allow Israel to be destroyed, what about his bride? No matter what Satan does, he cannot take you until God's purpose is finished. Hallelujah. What was your plan there singing? Let's just worship him a little bit, can we? I hate to take you out of this service straight into the kettle. So let's just get a little bit of worship in our hearts. If you're there today, don't be discouraged. He loves you. He loves you. Brother Eddie, he loves you, buddy. God knows what you're going through. Brother Josh, he knows what you're going through. Lance, 
Michael, yes, I've forgotten you. Maybe just some more draws. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Sing it for us, Harry. Let's just worship just a little bit. Change my heart, oh God. Make it a prayer. Change my, Change heart, my heart, oh God. Thank you, Lord. May, May I be like you. Oh, yes, Lord. Change my heart, oh Change God. Change heart, oh God. We pray now. Make it ever true. My heart, oh God. Oh, grant it, Lord God. Grant it, Lord God. May, May I, I be like you. That's my desire more than anything else in the world. Hallelujah. You are the Father.
is how he wants me to stay but when i stumble and i fall and my vessel breaks he just picks up all the broken pieces he doesn't throw the clay
the storm clouds gather When the battle gets rough And my way seems hard When I've tried so hard Lord, I've been such a failure Whatever I do, whatever I say, keep me sanctified, keep me sanctified, when the storm clouds gather, when the battle gets rough, and my way tried so hard still I've been such a failure whatever I do whatever I say keep me sanctified
battle gets rough And the way seems hard Well, I've tried so hard I've tried so hard And I've been such a failure I may believe God's the same yesterday and forever. I may believe it's still healing. Here at the testimony service of the night, a sister gave a testimony about dietary issues. The Julian had this, what was it called, Brother Julian, the reaction? Dairy, soy, all that. Something just struck his heart during the service. He went home, poured a glass of milk, drunk it, eat ice cream, eat it, eat mac and cheese. One thing after another, after another. Why? Because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God bless you. Amen. Praise the Lord this morning. Did you enjoy the service this morning? Amen. Glory. Let's just sing this as you're dismissed. Oh, it gets sweeter as the days go by oh it gets sweeter as the moments fly his love is richer As the days go by, oh, it gets sweeter as the moments fly. His love is richer, deeper, fuller, sweeter, 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 and sweeter as the days go by oh the more I trust him the more I love him nothing good for me he'll deny the longer I know him the better I can show him I couldn't stop now if I tried it gets sweeter as the days go by it gets sweeter as the moments fly. His love is richer, deeper, fuller, sweeter, sweeter and sweeter, sweeter as the days go by. The moment he saved me, his good grace he gave me he placed his love down deep in my heart there's great joy in knowing with him i am going and never more from him to depart oh it gets sweeter as the days go by it gets sweeter as 
as the moments fly, His love is richer, deeper. days go by, it gets sweeter as the moments fly, His love is richer, deeper, fuller, sweeter, sweeter, sweeter and sweeter as the days go by. Sweeter as the moments fly. 